Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, as always, and delighted you've been able to tune in with us yet again on this Monday morning. Now, before we get into today's show, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment, share, do whatever you like. But as long as you're listening to us, we're happy. Also, if you like listening on the podcast player, don't forget to look down in the description below. There is a link to Buzzsprout and on that you can find all the various podcast players that we are available on. Now, if you want to support the show and that's something you feel like doing because you get value for the show each and every week, there's a link also down below in the description for Buy Me A Coffee and you can make a small donation there, $5, whatever it may be. There's no obligation, of course. So as I said, we have four stories we're going to bring you to today. And we'll start off with the first one. The election commission has been told to recalculate MP ratios. The constitutional court has ruled that non-Thai citizens cannot be included as part of the population in calculating the number of people to be represented by each MP. The ruling on Friday was in response to a petition lodged against the election commission after several politicians and academics voiced disagreement with its methodology. The EC had included three groups of non-Thais in the population database to guide the redrawing of constituency boundaries. Among them were permanent residents, permanent holders, those with temporary residents and individuals had been living in Thailand for more than 10 years. Migrant workers from neighbouring countries were not included in the polls agency electoral calculation. The court ruling, which does not affect previous elections, means the EC has to recalculate the boundary lines. A source at the EC said the poll agency had a contingency plan and provincial election officers are ready to recalculate following the court's decision. According to one source, based on the court ruling, there will be one member of parliament for each 162,766 members of the public based on a Thai population of 65,106,481 as recorded on December 31st last year by the Interior Ministry. It is speculated that the number of constituent MPs in eight provinces will change. Tak, Chiang Rai, Chiang Mai, Simut Sakhon will have one fewer MP each, while Udan Thani, Lapuri, Nakansi Tamara and Patani will be allocated one more apiece. The change in the number of MPs is said to affect the election odds of the Bumjai Thai party the most, especially in Tak, in Samut Sakhan, as Pu Thai, the Democrats United Thai Nation and Palang Pracharat party may now get more seats. It is expected that the number of house seats in the south will likely increase to 60 from 58, while that in the northeastern region will increase from 132 to 133. House seats in the northern region will shrink to 36 from 39, while the number of seats in the central, eastern and western regions will remain unchanged. Now we're going to move on to a story that I personally, as I said in the last podcast and the podcast before that, I thought this story would just disappear. That we'd never hear anything about it again. That it would just, you know, maybe a mistake in time by the Phuket immigration officers. And, the, you know, it was a mistake what they had said and in this whole discussion about this yellow and red card system. But no, what we're getting now is the doubling down. Phuket immigration chief to ask for red card system to be made national. Phuket immigration chief Colonel Tanet left Phuket for Bangkok where he hopes to ask police... General Pak Pon Pit, Commissioner of the Immigration Bureau, to make the red car system introduced in Phuket national. Now, I don't know how it's been introduced because nobody knows any of the rules or regulations, but nevertheless, Police Major General Prepasak, Commander of the Immigration 6 Office, announced a new system of yellow cards and red cards for foreigners caught breaking the law in Phuket at a press conference 
on Wednesday, which was March 1st. Not April 1st, by the way, it was March 1st. Under the system, foreigners will be given a yellow card warning for minor offences. The relevant embassy will be notified, and once the foreigner is found committing the offence twice, a red card will be given. A yellow card is a warning. A foreigner who receives one can still stay in Thailand, but after the two yellow cards, there will be a red card, and the foreigner's visa will be revoked, and the person will be deported. Red cards will be issued for crimes of serious nature, the colonel said. However, Colonel Tanet was unable to further clarify breaking specifically which laws would constitute a yellow card or a red card offence. The actions need to be considered case by case, and the main standard of consideration is maintaining the peace of the public areas, he said. For example, with the foreign motorcycles in Patong who rode the bikes, made loud noises and disturbed people in many ways, all of the motorcycles have already received yellow cards, he continued. We have just started the project, so we have to look into the offences case by case. In any case, if we see that it causes trouble to society, we will give them an official warning. The standard is that whatever affects the peace of living of local people as well as other tourists is prohibited, he explained. Phuket is Thailand's first and only province with this regulation. Once a foreigner is designated a yellow card, the foreigner can remain in Phuket until the current stay is complete or choose to travel to another province, the colonel noted. Those who receive a red card can return to Thailand and Phuket, but this will be relevant to the offences they committed. However, it would be more difficult for them if the immigration officer at the airport finds the record of a red card in the system, he said. Colonel Tanet did not explain what more difficult would entail, including whether the foreigner would be refused entry at the airport. The purpose of creating the yellow and red card is to strengthen the laws in Phuket and to warn foreigners, bad foreigners, if their behaviour causes trouble to society, he said. Colonel Tanet did not clarify whether a court verdict was necessary for a card to be issued or whether a law enforcement officer pressing a minor charge was sufficient. He did say that some burden of proof would be required. Well, that's nice. The behaviour needs to be proven whether it really was disturbing the public, he said. The Immigration Bureau is authorised to allow the length of stay for each visa considering the behaviour in the record, so the yellow card and red card system will help make foreigners respect Thai law more. Immigration must offer services and accommodate foreigners who also maintain the security of society. We have to balance the two sides, he said. According to Colonel Tanet, Phuket Governor Narong Wunsi supports the initiative. From social topics that foreigners behave inappropriately and disrespect Thai law, the law enforcement must be done concretely to make Phuket safe by designating yellow and red cars to foreigners to behave well and not cause trouble to others, Colonel Tanet cited the governor saying. The previous operation already suppressed 20 troublemaking foreign motorcyclists. Three of them were designated with yellow cards and the rest have already flown back to their home countries. Phuket Immigration has also filed a case with the embassy, he said. So there you go, more nonsense yet again. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, when you think there's a slow news day, you can always be sure that the immigration or the police will give you something to talk about. And yet again, here we go. So apparently this could be left up to discretion of the officer who catches you doing the offence. Now, I mean, there's no way that corruption could end up here now, is there? I mean, what could go wrong in this whole situation? I mean, we must trust the police that they will certainly do the right thing and that corruption would never interfere in any of this. Of course, we know what will truly happen. But let's just quickly dive into this whole farcical commentary this week from the immigration and the police. Think about this. They want to strengthen the laws. If you want to strengthen laws in Thailand and in Phuket, the first thing you need to do is actually enforce the laws that you have in the country. 
you have laws for motor offences. You have fines. You have penalty point system for licences. You have jail time and you have deportation at the end of that. There's no need for yellow cards. If I'm caught breaking a light, okay, I should get a fine. I think it's about 500 baht, by the way, the fine is. And you get a couple of penalty points on your license. That's what the offense is. Not a yellow card. And if you do it again, you're going to be deported. That's nonsense. There is laws in the country for specific reasons, right? If somebody murders someone, there's laws for that. If you assault somebody, there's laws for that. And there's punishments that go with that. And yes, certain punishments will come with deportation, but certainly minor infractions, you know, traffic offences, especially when we all know that many of the traffic offences in this country are perpetrated by Thai people. The inability to stop at traffic lights, breaking traffic lights, not wearing helmets, speeding, dangerous driving. That's just to mention a few. But yet a foreigner is to be held to a higher standard than the local people. I think that's wrong. The law should be the same for everyone. And if I speed and get caught, then I should pay a fine and get my penalty points. And that's the punishment. Not told, here's a yellow card, and if you do it again, you're out. That, to me, is really nonsense. And there's no other country in the world doing this kind of stuff. This, to me, sends out a very, very bad message to tourists and expats living and potentially thinking of coming to live and visiting the country. It really says that we're going to hold you to a different standard than Thai citizens. We're going to hold you to a higher standard than Thai citizens in the eyes of the law. We've made up a system that's going to put more focus on you than what foreigners or what local people are doing. Now, what do you think is going to happen if you have a police checkpoint, okay, and you've a load of Thais coming through, Thai people with no helmets on, and you've a load of foreigners? Who are they going to pick out first? Of course, they're going to pick out the foreigners because their potential fines, yellow cards, and then a bit of extortion on the side, you know? Oh, I got, you could be, oh, you've had two, a second, this is your second yellow card. Hmm, I wonder how much now uh, you need to pay me to make sure I don't do something with this. And this is exactly what's going to go on. Now, my hope is that as soon as they turn up at the Commissioner for Immigration in Bangkok, he'll turn around and say, this is ridiculous and this needs to stop immediately. This is not doing anything and bringing any positive news for Thailand. This is just showing that there's people making decisions that are clearly not thought out well. And especially at a time where the police force in this country have a microscope on them in terms of we had the Charlene Ann incident with the, uh, where they're being extorted at a traffic light where the police came out and said, oh, it never happened. And then a week later, they admitted, yes, we extorted 27,000 baht off this woman. We then had a, a few days later, another police officer in Patiak trying to extort a Chinese guy out of 60,000 baht and continued and continued on. We've had the 100 immigration officers now who have been basically kicked out of force and are going to be prosecuted for the illegal issuance of visas to Chinese dodgy nationals, right, who are basically part of of triads here in Thailand at the moment. So there is a list that is growing and growing and I don't think it is the time to put another spotlight on the police force. What they need to be doing is just getting on with their job, enforcing Thai law, enforcing traffic regulations and everything else that goes with it. That's the way to deal with foreigners. Treat foreigners, tourists fairly, the same as you treat a Thai person, the same rules, regulation and laws. Of course, if you commit a serious crime here in Thailand, You'll face your day in court. You'll face your fine or your prison time. And of course, if you if you go to prison for an offence here, you will be deported. And that's pretty much happens in many, many countries around the world. So yes, follow the law. There's no need for yellow cards, red cards. That's why fines and penalties have been issued. That's why fines have been created. 
And I think if you follow that, people will think it's a, mo- a lot more fair, a bit more signage around the place, maybe informing people, but a bit more law enforcement around the place. The amount of people not wearing helmets still on bikes is just absurd. In actual fact, there's not foreigners you need to worry about not wearing helmets. Here, the craze is wear the face mask, but not the helmet. Time may be a bit of a crackdown on that. Speeding, dangerous driving, as I said, all those kind of things that they're talking about giving foreigners yellow cards for. Not having the correct license. I mean, that's a gold mine for whoever pulls over a foreigner these days, because most foreigners don't even have a motorbike license. They've got a international license for a car. And of course, they were allowed to rent the motorbike by the Thai company, but they never, rarely ever get in trouble for doing it. So again, Let's have some fairness in it all. There's no need for this ridiculous system. Just enforce your current laws, your current regulations, your current penalties. And I think pretty much everybody will be happy with that. But bringing in these ridiculous ideas that just focus on tourists as if they've forgotten that for three years they had no tourists in this country. And I don't think this is the way to welcome tourists back. That's just my opinion. But I'd love to know your opinion as always down below in that comment section. We had a very good talk about this the last day, two days ago on the March 2nd show, I think it was. A lot of comments, over 120, 130 comments who were just really thought it was ridiculous, this whole thing. But again, guys, what do you think about this now? Trying to bring it in nationally. Love to know your comments, opinions again, as always, down below in that comment section. Now, moving along, over 50 airlines are confirmed to fly to Phuket this month, as in March. International flights to Phuket Airport are expected to continue growing in numbers on March as more carriers get permission to add to the island to their network of routes. And this is according to the AOT, which is the airports of Thailand. Domestic flights to Phuket Airport are expected to reach 3,760 in March. Overall, six carriers will be flying to the island during the third month of the year, with Bangkok being the city boasting the best connectivity with the country's top resort province, according to AOT's schedule. The top 10 air carriers to perform international flights to and from Phuket in March include Singapore Airlines, Qatar Airways, Air Asia, Aeroflot, Azura Air, Go First Airlines, Junyao Airlines, Scoot Tiger Airways, Etihad, Emirates, Indigo, and then Spring Airlines. Though I don't know where Spring are from. As the number, maybe it's Chinese. As the number of Chinese flights might increase further during the month, as several carriers are still waiting for approval of their application to perform flight to Phuket. So far, China has two carriers in the top twelve. Uh, Junyao, Aeron, and Spring Airlines. That was the one I was unsure of. Russia, which remains Phuket's most significant source market for tourism, also has two carriers in the top 12, Aeroflot and Azure. The six airlines scheduled from domestic flights to Phuket are Thai Air Asia, Bangkok Airways, Thai Smile, Thai VJet, which apparently are really bad from some of the reviews I've read, Nok Air and Thai Line Air. And out of that list, I have flown, I think, four of them and two of them I've never gone near, which was Thai Line Air and Thai VJet. On average, Phuket Airport will be servicing 120 international and 121 domestic flights a day during March, according to the current schedule. Yes, and it's going to be a busy month, I think, at the airport, because don't forget, we have Easter, which will be uh, coming up in Europe. So we'll have a lot of uh, families that will be traveling here. I think Easter's around April 9th. So you probably have the week before, because Easter holidays in Europe are for schools are roughly two weeks, I think, aren't they? Around that. So yeah, it's going to be a busy time, I think, at Phuket International Airport. We also have, uh, in April as well, we'll have Songkran, so the Thai New Year, and that will be a huge celebration again, uh, nearly a, a week's worth of celebration, and that's going to be very, uh, very good for the country and certainly bring in a lot of people. Um, so yeah, things are looking up, but of course, after middle of April, we have officially Thailand's low season, which will be 
you know, in the likes of Phuket and not Samui, but other parts of the country. So, yeah, things will start to uh, get a little bit quieter. And I think some people maybe who live here will be happy. It gets a little bit quieter. If you're not in the tourism industry, maybe you will be happy. But finally, our last story, and actually this focuses on uh, something that I've been reading about recently, is Thailand's tourism future is being really darkened by the air pollution problems that they have. The Doi Sep Hilltop, which overlooks the ancient city of Chiang Mai, is a popular tourist destination, but magnificent views have been increasingly elusive to those who endure the hike as heavy air pollution turns the skies hazy. The COVID-19 masking mandate has been lifted, but many locals remain masked up in Chiang Mai. I'm worried about infection, but air pollution is scary as well, a mask shop vendor said one day in late February. The air quality index reader on a smartphone showed 164, which had a value above 150 meant air quality was considered unhealthy, presenting higher risks of respiratory symptoms. Chiang Mai and other parts of northern Thailand recorded values above 200 in early to mid-February, emerging as one of the world's most polluted areas. Thailand's air quality typically deteriorates during the dry season, which is generally from November to February, and stays poor until around April as farmers burn sugarcane fields to remove the leaves before harvesting. Automobile emissions are another factor. Northern parts of the country, a big agricultural region, as well as Bangkok and surrounding areas suffer from severe pollution. As of the end of January, some 380,000 people were confirmed to have respiratory problems or eye irritations. Prime Minister Priya Chanacha urged people to work from home and wear face masks and ordered agencies to formulate a response. The government deployed aircraft with cloud seeding technology in hopes of causing rainfall and installed huge air purifiers in urban areas, but experts dismissed these measures as too little too late. Lawmakers have debated several legislative bills to fight air pollution, but have yet to approve any due to opposition from businesses that would be subject to tighter regulations. Automakers were initially scheduled to meet Europe's Euro Big 5 emission standards for their new cars in 2021, but the timeline has been pushed back to January 2024. The delay is in part due to the fact that air quality improves around April when rainfall increases and lawmakers' interest wanes. Further delays in battling air pollution will not only put the health of people at risk, but is also likely to harm tourism, a key driver of the country's economy. The government and the tourism industry have promoted the dry season as the best time of the year to visit Thailand, but international tourists may postpone their travel to Thailand, or worse, choose instead to go to another destination with cleaner air, and that is according to the chairman of the Federation of Thai Industries. Seeking an economic recovery from the pandemic slump, Thailand has launched a new tourism promotion strategy centering on long stays by wealthy visitors and medical tourism, but the success of these campaigns remains uncertain since their target audience health-conscious individuals would most likely try to avoid smoke-choked cities. And this article I read in the Nikkei Asia uh, Times, which actually was very interesting because since 2014, when this government took over through a coup, they have promised that they'd have done something about the terrible air quality in the likes of Bangkok, surrounding areas, Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai. And in fact, it is getting progressively worse each and every year and nothing seems to be improving and nothing is being done to improve the situation. I mean, it's criminal that nothing has been done and that special interest groups have been able to thwart any chance of things being able to be improved. The bottom line is that many countries around the world have had issues like this, but they dealt with those issues, whether they banned 
smoke smoke coal you know or or banned uh, certain types of cars entering the city they did something and they made a plan they stuck to the plan but here it seems as if what happens to people and their health is not a concern for the government and the more i watch politicians in this country the more i start to understand that they're only interested in themselves and their own futures but certainly not the people that elect them and it would be great at the next coming election if people before they go to vote, were to think about that. When they're voting for somebody, does this person really care about me? Has this guy been in government for how long? What has he done to improve my life? And if the answer is nothing, then you shouldn't vote for him. But we'll see whether they'll be improved. I don't see anything improving in terms of air quality for another five, ten years because I just don't think people, government, care enough. I think people care, but I don't believe the governments care enough to do something about it. Anyway, folks, that is it for today. Delighted you've been able to tune in as always. Again, before we go, don't forget to like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to the channel if you already haven't. And, uh, you know, comment down below in that comment section. But that's it for today. Again, thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.